anomaly. Well, early, man. Let's let's get it started. Season finale anomaly, y'all. We are finally here. It's been a it's been a hell of a season, though. And now we got a great NBA finals ahead of us, tied one to one right now. Yeah. What you see in these first game, these first two games, man. Man, game one, game one is kind of what I expected. Uh, I had a feeling Denver was going to come out. I felt like they were hot, you know, and definitely playing real good team basketball, getting everybody involved. I kind of thought they were going to keep that hotness. Uh, Miami just got out of a long seven-game series that they shouldn't have been in. So, like, I kind of felt that they kind of <sighs> took a little deep breath after game seven. Like, whew, okay. So, mm-hmm. I, I kind of figured game one might be a little slow for them. But game two, I think they follow the game plan that you and I have talked about many times before, uh, which is making Joker just a pure scorer. Uh, try to prevent him from getting the others involved. He had four assists last night. I think they did a great job of sticking to that game plan. I think I saw a stat, Denver's 0-3, when Joker scores more than 40 points. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, at game one, I've I seen, seen Denver just, really use their size, that big size advantage they got against Miami. You've seen Aaron Gordon ducking in early, dunk, dunk. So, <laughs> and, you know, you got Michael Porter, who's 6'10", also, you know, getting in the paint and, you know, getting those rebounds. So, game one, I think we've seen a lot of that, them just using their size purely. Yep. And then, like, how we spoke about, you know, Joker getting guys involved. And, you know, that's one of the best offenses ever when you see a guy like that who's giving you 30, but everybody else is shooting – shooting 40, 50 from three, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, and I think they took notes on that in game two. They came out and they, they mixed it up. They threw a lot of zones in there, a zone here, a zone there. Uh, got a little physical, Um, it, you know, Miami did. And uh, Denver went on a run early, and, you know, they just, I think they, they so consistent. Weather the storm. Yeah. Yeah, they just so consistent and, and stick to what they, they drew up, and it, it really worked out. Uh, obviously, Gabe Vincent, Dunter Robinson stepping up and him shooting the ball as they did helped a lot. Yeah, I think, uh, like you talked about the size of Denver in game one, not only mm-hmm. offensively, but even defensively, the size. I mean, Max Struess 0 for 9 from beyond the arc. Dunter Robinson struggled from three. Same for Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry. I think the size defensively also played a big part. Um, I mean, you got guys like Bruce Bowen with a long wingspan, Michael Porter Jr. These guys are getting out there and contesting shots, even though these are NBA players, but they're making tougher shots even more tough. You know, with a 6'10 hand stretched out you, uh, I think Bruce Brown's got like a seven-foot wingspan or something crazy like that. Uh, So, like, I think all that stuff kind of played a part into it game one. Like you said, game two, I think great adjustments by Miami. More minutes from Zeller and K-Love. Um, I think played a big part in game two. Like you said, Aaron Gordon was just, in, in game one, I mean, it was just almost disrespectful. I know they want Jimmy to check him every play, but it's just like Aaron Gordon is like, I'm disrespected by you putting Jimmy Butler on me. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of had to play him because, you know, the, the guards were, were just too small. Yeah. Um, but, you know, right now they're able to rotate, uh, uh, help each other out a little bit. And like you spoke about Kevin Love, and uh, Cody Zeller uh, played, you know, gave some good minutes, threw another body at him, and I think uh, Kevin Love played the first game. So it was big that he played the second game. Huge, yeah. And big minutes from a vet like Kyle Lowry. You know, that's what that's what these older guys are here for. You know, the whole season, 
up and down, whatever the case may be. But NBA Finals, that's when this 36-year-old Kevin Love and 36-year-old Kyle Lowry have to step up. Um, And I think they did. You know, Kevin Love had 10 rebounds last night, you know. Yeah, I I think that's an understatement. And, you know, we we alluded to it a little bit about how the, you know, the vets and the NBA are kind of scarce now. They're, like, kicking all the vets out because, you know. Yeah. Whatever they think a young dude is, you know. The youth movement. Outside. <laughs> they got more outside. But, like, you know, these, I think they're showing these vets are valuable. Like, on paper, this Miami team probably shouldn't even be in the finals. But here they are. And, you know, that's on not just because Jimmy's averaging 50 points. It's playing together um, and using everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think a big question mark we do might have, we may have, though, is the return of Tyler Hero, you know. Does he return? Um, you stole the game already. So you need that. Thoughts on that. You, you need Tyler Hero back bad. I mean, as soon for me, as soon as he can like touch the ball and be okay, he's back on the court. I mean, I'm not even worried if he can make five or ten jumpers yet. Him being on the court automatically, the defense has to have a whole new respect. I mean, and there's no disrespect to Duncan, Max Strews, High Smith. They're all fantastic players. So Martin as well. Stay hot. I love it. But you're not Tyler Hero. When, when Tyler Hero gets back on the court, I think automatically the court's going to open up a little bit more. For Miami, Jimmy Butler might see less pressure. And until Tyler Hero proves that he can't shoot, I think they have the advantage. Um, so I, for me, as soon as he's able to get that thing back in the rim, I'm, I'm ready to get him back out there. I'm a, I think I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I think I'm going to disagree, though. I think, you know, they got to the finals without him. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, that throws a lot of role players out of their rhythm. And, you know, we talked about this show. How much of it is just opportunities? You know, guys playing well, like, their opportunity change. They might play a little worse. And, you know, um, I think he's like a contingency plan. You know, if they go down – Three one, you know. Let's see what he got. I think that's the because at this point you can't you can't play with those guys. You've given confidence to and say, nah, my man's is back. I gotta throw him back in a little face. A hundred percent. That's eighteen points sitting there. You know, and it's not like it's not like uh, you know, Martin. You can't still get your twelve or fourteen in there like you done the whole regular season. But yeah, we got eighteen. Just, we got eighteen to twenty four points sitting there ready to help us. Um, yeah, I can't down three to one. That's that's almost unfair for Tyler Hero to get that pressure put on him. Hey, now we down three one. You ready to come shoot us back in it? Cause now, now, because now if he goes for forty five, he goes for forty or something or thirty five in game six. Not a, not a question. In game five, not a question is did Eric Spoelstra wait too long to put him back in the game? I think that's you got their, that's their like in-house thing though. Like I, I just feel like throwing them in here now, like when we've already got to the finals, is you know it, it's gonna throw everybody out of rhythm. Now but you need them though. Different. But it's you proven that scoring. I think against Denver is proven that you need Tyler Hero though. I think they're missing. I think they're missing that secondary ball handler. Jimmy's Jimmy's definitely getting tired. I hate to say it because he's a he's him. But he, he's definitely showing that he's a human at the moment. You know, the legs ain't really – he just got another seven-game series. So he could use a Tyler Hero right now to just take some of that pressure off, uh, as well as a secondary ball handler. I mean, right now you got 
Max Struess having a wrong point guard, which means he can't spot up for jumpers because he's playing point guard. So, I mean, I think Tyler Hero can definitely assist with putting Max Struess back in the corner, putting Duncan back where he's supposed to go. And now Jimmy can play more of a post game and Tyler can be more, I think, effective for the Heat offense. I, I, think, I think they need him. Like, need him. Bad. I, I don't know if you can say that, though, because they, they stole the game. It's 1-1. But it's not, it's what, not what did they do, though? You just said it. They stole it. No, Didn't they stole a game. I meant because they're on the road. <laughs> I don't mean they just got lucky and, and, and got a tip-in win. No, they stole they it on the lucky, road. But Denver lost that game last night. Denver I think lost Miami won it in the fourth quarter. I, I, I think Miami won that fourth quarter game. Because it's not like we've seen, oh, we seen Jokic have 12 turnovers and, and four points. The man had 40. Like, yeah, no, no, he did his point. I can't say Denver lost. But he had four assists. A guy who averages 12 assists have four. I'm not telling you averaging putting up 40 is I lost the game. That's all I'm saying. Boy, oh, no. I, I think they just beat him. But, you know, the dynamic of bringing Tyler Hero back is just, eh, eh, and you know, Eric Spoelstra is going to do what he does. And he's, he's been coaching the, the hell of a playoff run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's to that man. definitely even to the million dollar man for sure. Uh, but I think either way, moving forward in the series, you know, come Wednesday, I think Heat have a have a formula now to beat Denver, though. I do. I do think they have a formula. You know, um, add, add a lot of ball pressure on the other ball handlers that aren't Jokic. Um, you know, even even Malone was a little worried about the discipline, you know, uh, last night. So I think a lot of ball pressure on the non-Jokic players and making Joker a dominant scorer. Um, it's I, I can't think of many big men that have just scored 50 without like a without like a guard helping them out and being able to get the title you know so I, I think if you make joker be uncomfortable make him have to shoot 25 plus shots a game then you have a chance to win a series because he's not a guy he's not a kobe or an iverson a guy who wants to shoot 25 shots joker doesn't really want to shoot 25 shots hmm. i think that offense i don't know if it's a blueprint just because just if it was a blueprint i feel like so many other teams would have would have done the same thing. I think I think it's a wrinkle, you know. I think there's gonna be just different looks they continue to throw at it. It's not gonna be the same thing. Miami's not gonna keep giving Denver the same looks because if they did, they're in the finals for a reason. They're gonna eat it up. Whether it's oh definitely yeah. So I think they'll continue to throw different looks out there, and and you know hopefully, basically you know hopefully they miss some shots. Because Jokic is getting them guys open shots, he's probably not going to score forty every. Uh, Hopefully uh, not every game ahead of this, but you know, um, I think it's a wrinkle in there, and I, I think this series is not just players, but this is like a coach's chess matches right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the interesting thing, like you said, other teams would do it, but Miami's personnel is very unique, and I think that's why Spoelstra can do what you said he's going to do throw a lot of different looks at them. I think Miami's in a position where other NBA teams aren't in, where they actually got seven seven guys, eight guys that don't mind playing defense. Like that's, in the NBA, you can't find another roster where there's seven dudes who actually take pleasure in playing deep. And Jimmy Butler loves playing defense. He talks about it all the time. And everyone else is going to follow when your best player loves to play defense. So I think Miami's in a, a very unique situation where they got seven to eight guys that are hungry to trap. <laughs> you know, that they, they're excited to, to trap. Most guys are excited to come off a pick and roll, get a couple of jumpers. 
Miami looks. I think Miami looks forward to getting back on D. Let's get let's get into a half court trap, two or three zone, three two. I think they enjoy that whole part of the game plan. I think Malone's gonna have his hands full, like you said, um, in, in this chess match. He's going against one of the best proven, you know, X and O guys in the league. Mm-hmm. It, it, it truly is a chess match because you know he's he's no slouch himself. Uh, he's going to throw different things out there. He's going to put different bodies in there, and ultimately, I think that size of Denver is going to cause problems that Spolster has to work around. Because you know you can't teach size. Oh yeah, I was going to say the funny thing is while I'm saying that Miami has this blueprint, right? If I'm Denver, I change zero. That's just, if I'm Denver, I'm not changing anything from after what happened last night. We're going to come out and play our same basketball, um, and, and hopefully guys can make more shots. You know, they shot 38% from downtown. Miami also hit, like, 18 threes. <laughs> so, you know, if, I, if I'm Denver, I'm not really worried about it. But if I'm Miami, I'm definitely telling my my guys, you know, we, we figured out how to crack the code. Yeah. So it's – Chess it's, match it's, for it's, sure. That's what we want. That's what we want in yeah. the NBA final. So I'm with it. I know you're going with Miami. How many games? I no point in asking who you take, and I know you with Miami. It's too late to jump ship. So uh, no, man. I'm still rolling. I'm still rolling with Miami, man. I'm if I'm gonna go six games. I'm gonna go six games. Uh, six. I don't think it's gonna be. It's not gonna be pretty. Is and that's that's okay. I think it's gonna be some close games. And you know, like I said, I'm, that's what I'm rolling with. Who, who's your pick and why? So I think the most popular pick would probably be Denver and the gentleman sweep in five, honestly. Mm-hmm. But something about this Miami team, man, something about this Miami team, I, I, I didn't bet against them twice the last two podcasts, you know. I, I, I'm going to go Miami at seven. I, I really do. It's just really something about this Miami team. Eric Spoelstra's been here before. Miami's been here before as an organization. I don't think that they're going to – Kyle Lowry's a proven champion. I just don't think they're going to be – as worried about the moment as Denver is. I think Miami's playing with zero to lose. They're the number eight seed. Ain't even supposed to be here. I think all the pressure's on the Denver Nuggets to win this series. I think Miami's playing with house money at this point. And Jimmy Butler just does not seem like a guy that, like, I want to play against with house money. Like, I, I need his money to at least be a part of the deal we're doing. Because he just seems like the type of guy that take advantage of the situation. <laughs> That's the type of dude he seems like. And I, yeah. I think... And I think that's what he's here for. He's like, he told his guys, like, after the uh, last series, you know, Rucker Park, we could play on top of a ship. It don't matter. We could play on the moon. We ready to hoop. And, like, I think his guys really believe that. <laughs> I think I think that Miami Heat team really believes that they're the best team in the NBA. And yeah. that's scary for a group of guys who aren't supposed to be here. That's a scary sight. So I got to go, I gotta go Miami in seven. Okay, so we're on the same, we're on the same page this Let's go around. Yeah, we're on the same page. I'm done betting against Hemi Butler, man. I'm I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> he didn't make me look stupid on my own podcast twice, so I'm I'm a chill. Man. You know he's gonna catch you at the family reunion. For real, right? <laughs> oh man. So another news: we got a bunch of coaching swaps going around the NBA as well. Uh, so before, on the season finale, might as well wrap that up and kind of see what that looks like moving forward. Uh, let's start off in the hometown, Detroit. Former coach of the year, Dwayne Casey, gets the boot. You bring in the next coach of uh, former coach of the year, Monty Williams. How do we feel about that? Six years, 80 million, 78 million? Man, Monty Bag Williams, that's his name. Uh, <laughs> you get him his buffs. <laughs> Put him on him. 
Man, I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of money, but, you know, a lot of teams are really running to go coach the team in the Midwest. Or a lot of players are not really running to the Midwest to, to play for. Uh, but, you know, I think he's a culture builder, and I think that's what we need with this young young Detroit team. So I think yeah. that's, a, you know, why it might be a little bit of an overpay. A guy who's went to the finals, a culture builder, had success. Uh, and, you know, he's not just an X and O guy. He, you know, he's really focused on making sure he's like players are like good people and, you know, keeping their nose clean. Yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, of course, 80 million tons of money, you know, but hey, man, yesterday's price is not today's. And like the, the market isn't what you're worth anymore. And the NBA, we're proving that, you know, there's I mean, some average guys are getting 100 million a year right now. So the market ain't your talent. The market is what everything else around you is. So, hey, 80 million is what it takes to get money. I'm cool with it. I don't know if he's a the NBA champion coach for the Pistons, but I think what you just said, he will be. He'll be what Dwayne Casey was supposed to be. Uh, he's going to develop these guys and get a good foundation. So if even if it is his by the time he's done with his five, six years, but if not, they're in a position where the next coach can come in and, and get him over that promised land. But I think, like you say, he's a, he's a builder, a man. He's a well-respected coach, culture builder. I think all those things are what this young Detroit team needs. And I think he can get this team into the playoffs probably consistently, I think I can expect from Monty. Um, we saw him do great things in New Orleans when he was there with a very young team and kind of building a culture there. I kind of see that for Monty. I don't know if he'll get us a ring, but I think he's going to put Detroit kind of like back on the path of like not tanking because this year was kind of a back, took a little back step a little bit. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I'm looking forward to it this year. Uh, Houston. Obviously, Steven Silas got the boot. They bring in uh, M.A. Udoka. Um, besides the strip club issue in Houston, uh, how do you think Udoka is going to be in Houston as far as a coach on the court? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, gonna lie. I'm a little interested because I don't. I think their, their roster is really young. Like really, yeah. I think they're they're a little too young to be honest. So I'm I'm really interested there. I think he's a you know a great guy and you know bringing a new voice in there is probably going. Uh, you know, uh, strengthen things for them is where I got, you know, giving a new voice for the young guys and hopefully that gets them playing winning basketball. But uh, I think that that roster right now is really young and I, it's going to probably be some changes this offseason. Yeah, man, it's they got the lottery pick, top three pick, I think, so that kind of makes it a little bit better. But I'm actually worried for Idoka in this in this signing here. I mean, this is one of those jobs like if you're not able to. You know, getting a, at least a play-in game in like a couple of years, you started to become a coach who really hasn't done much. Plus, this off-the-court issue, you can find yourself not being able to get like another job without going back to the assistant role. So, like, I'm a little worried, honestly, for uh, for him taking this job in Houston because I thought you just took like the Cleveland Brown job back in the day. Like, the upside there is just really not there. You know, like you can you can get the boot here. Uh, so, I'm I'm a little worried about that, to be honest. I think we gotta acknowledge that you all he, he he chose this job as well. So Oh yeah, he definitely chose it. <laughs> and not only that, um there's also rumors about his coaching staff in, in Boston traveling with him. So that'd be you know, that's pretty that'd be huge. To, you know, have a stronger foundation. As well as uh we got the rumors of James Harden coming back. And, I mean, know, maybe they can tear the striker 
Maybe they can tear the shaker up together. You know? <laughs> Bro, I'd be so mad if I was uh, <laughs> coaching in Boston and after the season ended. You told me you taking all these dudes who I just went to the Eastern Conference Finals with. Now you were taking the rest of them with you because you got a job now? That's crazy, bro. That's that's Hey, they, hey the game is sick. They left. <laughs> you see a Twitter post like, yo, there's some baddies out in Houston, y'all. Hey, I'm I'm picking Houston over Boston every day of the week, two times on Sundays. Don't get it twisted. I, I'm out of here. I, you and me, you and me both, man. You and me both. We out of here. Um, Philadelphia. Doc Rivers gets the can. Um, I hope he retires, man, for he tarnishes his great legacy that he kind of has. Um, income Nick Nurse, about time for Philly. I mean, I mean, about time. I think this was the writing on the walls. I think Doc knew it when it was over. I mean, you can't you can't lose three times in the Eastern Conference Finals and keep your job. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Nick Nurse, I don't. I mean, I, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. A, a new um, voice, so I guess. I think Nick Nurse is going to bring a different style of play with him. Yeah. Uh, it, I, the, obviously, the biggest thing is going to be what, what happens with James Harden. Is he stay? Is he is he gone? Is he at the Shaker joint with Yudoka with, with, uh, <laughs> in Houston? So, uh, uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think, you know, Nick Nurse can probably change Joel's game a little bit. And I'm curious to see what that looks like. You know, yeah. MVP, uh, scoring leader, and, you know, I, I think that's a good hire, and I'm I'm just really curious on that. Yeah, I think that one has one of the most upsides to it as far as what could happen. I, I have no idea. I mean, Nick Nurse has got, got an NBA title. You know, he did help develop Pascal Siakam wonderfully, honestly. Um, a whole different player than when he came into the draft. So, yeah, Philly for me, this one was just like, okay, I can see some hope when you guys took this signing. Good job. I'm happy with it. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, we know Hoser got the boot. They brought in the assistant coach from Toronto, right, uh, Griffin? Yeah, Adrian Griffin, uh, which we haven't seen much. We don't, we don't know about. So yeah, I don't know. They got to be, they got to be pretty confident in him as a coach to, you know, fire their championship coach and and hire a premium coach. Also, I we gonna have to wait and see on that one. You know, the players yeah. signed off on it, so we're gonna see where we get a different looking Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that could be kind of like the. Um, very interesting, though, because like you said, at least they won an NBA title two years ago. It wasn't like yeah. Philly and Doc where they were like continue to hit the same wall of not getting past somebody. I mean, Milwaukee just won. And honestly, one could argue if Giannis was completely healthy this series and Middleton didn't miss 40 games in the regular season, it could have been a different playoffs for them. So, like, I don't know if the booted hose of fire was like, I didn't see that coming. I was a little shocked. I don't think we really hold that against, you know, Milwaukee. Just because yeah. Giannis was hurt. It, the man would miss, what, three of the five games? So Yeah, you know, Jimmy uh, was Jimmy, too. I don't think you really can hold that. I think that was just, they're probably just kind of tired of Budenholzer. New voice. So, this, yeah, new voice, which, who says that? That seems like an internal thing, you know. <laughs> like you said, you won a championship, so. Yeah. We know what that means. Some some went wrong when you ain't keep somebody happy, and there's only one player you had to keep happy in Milwaukee. Uh, so <laughs> the writers on the wall up there. So that's interesting. I'm curious to see where Budenholzer goes. That's the type of guy that might take a year off, like Frank Vogel, and then come back and get a fat job after. Yeah, you know, it's and the NBA's recycling the same coaches anyway, so he's definitely going to be back on the on the bench for sometime soon. 
Speaking of recycle, last but not least, Frank Vogel to Phoenix to replace Monty Williams. Um, you go first, man. You go first. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's kind of like, I guess, like, <laughs> type of hire uh, with all you know, respect to Frank Vogel. But it's like he fired Monty Williams for what particular reason. Uh, I don't think coaching is their issue in Phoenix. Uh, so I uh, you know, Power Frank Vogel, I think, is a, a solid hire. You know, it'd be cool, but like, I don't know. Yeah, is 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 Frank a is Frank known as a coach to manage personalities? I mean, I don't. I I mean, he's definitely not some X and O great guy. I mean, you know, he wasn't like that's what got them done in L.A. Mm-hmm. Definitely, a, definitely a good defensive coach, which Phoenix lacks a ton of. Uh, so I can see that hire, but I mean, maybe Frank. Is is none with personality helping, you know, because like you said, it ain't it ain't putting the ball in the basket that's a problem for Phoenix. It's not like you you can coach Phoenix offensively. It's not much to coach there, uh, <laughs> but it's the other stuff they got to figure out. Yeah, I, and you know, it's two years ago they were in the, in the finals, so it's like I don't think it's just like two years ago now when we were in the finals they had one of the best defenses in the league, which you know. Chipping off Mikael Bridges probably hurts, but you know, you KD is still a great defender, and I don't think their problem is coaching. It's basketball karma for what they did to DeAndre Ayton. That's what I think. You think they did something to Ayton? They did, man. They did Ayton wrong with that whole contract thing, man. They did Ayton wrong. They went to this man signed to the to the Pacers, and then you want a master contract, the same money he been begging y'all for for years. Then y'all gonna say we don't want you no more. You're not worth it. And then you go ahead and them? match, and then go ahead. But they matched it though. That's the thing. I'm, I would that's have the, paid that's them. business. That's business. Yeah, it, it is business. So now I can't DeAndre, leave you for nothing. It is business. So now DeAndre Ayton. Now you're dealing with a personal situation, in my opinion, based off of a business decision you made. I, I think they. I think they made a business decision, which is fair. But I think you gotta be ready for a personal ramifications that come from that said business decision. I don't think Aiden wants to I don't think Aiden wants to be in Phoenix. I don't think he has shown any love to Phoenix since that situation, honestly. I do you think he wants to play? <laughs> he wants to get paid, you say? I do you think he wants to play though? Like, oh he definitely wants to hoop. No, I think he wants to hoop. I think he wants to be I think like the, 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 the grapes were spoiled. You know, I think it's a sour taste from the situation. Either way it goes, I'm mad. I'm playing here. I'm. I I still got a job to do. Uh, cause I I we I agree. He, how, before he got put out, I mean, Katie was leaving us in rebounding. And <laughs> we couldn't count on him to get a double double. But just uh, I paid you this money. You know, he was getting six seven rebounds, you know. So that's all I'm saying. Like he don't got the same burning desire that that I saw at least in his in their run to the finals two years ago, and. Only thing I can think about is that situation. I mean, they, they talked about how Chris Paul had to motivate him again to get back in the game. And like you said, if another grown man got to motivate me to do what I love to do, then that's the situation from the start. From the start, and that's came out. Uh, it's possible we don't have to we don't have to scrap some of this age just because like I don't want to publicly slander the man, but like. <laughs> I'm not slandering. I think he don't want to be there, and I just think I that- will. That's what I'm saying. I will. I'm like, because Dalton did the same thing year, two years back to back, where Monty Williams had the bench. You yeah. see the clips of Devin. You see the clips of Devin Booker, Chris Paul yelling at him, 
while playing hard. That's just respecting the game. If you can't respect the game, like you that's can't what play. I'm saying. And I, I'm just thinking. But he don't have no excuse. That was before the that was before the contract. He wanted that money, and they was playing hard to get. That's what I'm saying. They wouldn't give him his deal. They was like, you're not really worth it yet, blah, 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 blah. And he probably like, I'm a number one pick in the NBA draft. That's probably what he's thinking. I'm worth all of it. Is um, he a top? Is he a top? Oh, I'm with you. I agree. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you, like, and I agree with Phoenix. <laughs> I agree with you and Phoenix. All, this sounds bad, but with all due respect, I'm taking – Walker Kessler over him. 100%. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I honestly think Phoenix has went wrong at. They paid him that money. So not only now are they in a cap issue, but he don't even want to be there. And you paying him this money, you could have scrapped this dude for an, an average rim runner. <laughs> Nick Richardson could give you what DeAndre Ayton give you. I mean, they, they basically no they had Jack Londale, Jack Londale playing over him and – like like you said, no disrespect, but I've never heard of Jock Londale until this playoff series. You know? Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's – when we yeah. talk about their defense, I think that's him. I think, it's gonna be, you know, that, that's That's true. Your, your interior, yeah, your interior, your motor. It's going to be a long offseason in Phoenix, man. That's all I'm saying. And I don't know if – if Frank Vogel figure this out, he a bad boy. If Frank come hey, in listen, there and get this figured out, he cold. The tough aspect is, though, like – he kind of hurting himself. Like nobody wants. Like who's gonna trade for him? Oh, it's tough now. People don't. It's like yeah, like you said, it's kind of flipped. Now you're not you're not even selling yourself to be you know sold to other teams. It's like I don't want that yeah. guy. Like like you said, you're not motivated. How how you lack motivation with a contract that big doing what you love to do? And a chance to go to the finals. A real chance. You got KD and Devin Booker on your team. Fighting for their lives, averaging 35 apiece. My man gave us 12 and 8, bro. My man gave us 12 and 8 in the playoff, man. It ain't going to cut it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that ain't going to cut it. Center, with the opposing center giving us 50-point triple-doubles. <laughs> yeah, no, that ain't it. That ain't going to do it, man. Hey, that's enough of a novelty, y'all. Y'all going to take this one to the bank with y'all. That's the season finale. You got to go out of the right way. Uh, but uh, NBA Finals, uh, I can't wait to see how this all wraps up. Man, you know, I got Miami in six. Uh, looking forward to a week. It's going to be a long offseason. Let's say that. It's going to be a long offseason. It's going to be busy, man. man. Looking, looking forward to just quality basketball. I know narratives. Good basketball being played is a chess match right now. Yeah, chess match right now. Say the narratives for the offseason, but it's going to be a bunch of them. Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Is LeBron James really going to retire? It's going to be an offseason full of popcorn and garbage. I tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's been a great season, man. Season two of Anomaly, that's a wrap. DF, man, best co-host in the world, man. I appreciate you taking time all season to, to, to kick the ballistics with me, bro. Oh man, of course, man. You know, I love to be here. A lot of, a lot of long anomaly tags. So, uh, go check that out. Go check that out. Until next season, y'all. Peace. Anomaly, a podcast presented by Sports Time with my. <laughs>